Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. And the Warriors, they beat the Western Conference leading Utah Jazz. That was a pretty impressive win, I'd say. I mean, they'd lost so many of these kinds of games throughout the season. Yes, the Jazz were without Donovan Mitchell. They were without Mike Conley. But hey, the Warriors have been shorthanded for a while. And screw it. They were without Clay Thompson, James Wiseman. So, you know, maybe it evens out. But regardless, I was actually surprised they won that game. And it took a pretty solid team effort all around. You know, I'm feeling decent about this team going into next season. I look at some of the dudes on the bench. I mean, obviously, you have Draymond. You have Steph as, like, the leaders of this team. You get Clay back, hopefully somewhere around 80 85% at some point next year. You get Wiseman back. You have Wiggins, who's solid, and I've talked about him a lot. But then you look at the bench, right? I'm looking at this bench a lot this uh, this final stretch of the season. I'm like, who, who do you really want to see back, right? Because you can't have this bench and expect to compete for a title. So you look at them and you're like, well... Definitely want Toscano Anderson. That guy is exactly what the Warriors need. A cheap utility guy who can be like a poor man's Draymond Green, who can do a little bit of the Andre Godala stuff and just plays plays hard. He's definitely a glue guy. Jordan Poole, even though I'm not 100% convinced, I do think he's been playing much better. And if the prognostications on his skills and his ability continue, then you really got to count on him next season to be some kind of consistent microwave off the bench. Somebody who can come in and hit a couple threes, energize the second unit, come in for spot minutes with the starting unit and just be instant offense. Nico Mannion, I expect him to be in the G League next season. I still, still have property on Nico Mannion Island. But he definitely needs work still, and he's not going to be your backup point guard on a contending team. But who else? You know, I mean, right now, I don't know if there's anyone else that I really, really like on the bench for next season. Damian Lee, maybe as like a ninth or tenth man, somebody who can come in, enter the bench, and hit some threes, somebody who's super professional and is totally cool with being in that role. Eric Paschal. Honestly, like I just don't see a fit for him next year if he is a small ball center who cannot play with any of the other centers. He can't move to power forward. He can't do much besides just bully ball and pump fake and pump fake and pump fake. You know, he's not going to be that useful to them if they have Draymond, James Wiseman, Kavon Looney. <laughs> if they keep Jordan Bell, who knows? I mean, that's a long shot. But... Eric Paschal, I mean, do you really, really want him as your fourth string center? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's too bad he's been injured. I wonder what else he can give you. He just doesn't fit in the schematic of things. Maybe you swap him out for a ring chaser center or a just a veteran presence on the bench because that's what the Warriors need. They need like a couple of guys, a couple of guys who are vets, who know the game. 
I mean, an ideal person would be like a David West type, you know, a David West and an Andre Godala type, right? Find those guys. Two guys who <laughs> were former all-stars who were down to come off the bench. Right now, the Warriors don't have that. They have a bunch of young dudes and fringe NBA players. Who can they find? I don't know. Probably take a look at that more in the offseason. Also, that being said, I'm coming to terms with the Warriors not getting a top five pick this year. It could still happen. You know, I was texting my friend Aram in Toronto about this. And knowing that the Timberwolves would get better this season and that they were trying to win, this is what I was kind of worrying about, that all the other teams would tank around them and they would be rising up right now. There seems to be a tie for third place, but if Minnesota ends up, it's a four-way tie. So if they end up sixth, right, the Warriors would have a 10% chance of getting the fourth pick. No chance of getting the fifth pick that is not even in play with the sixth worst record. And then their highest probability would be seventh or eighth. So you're out of the Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green arena, right? But hey, let's look on the bright side. So if the Warriors have two picks, you know, two decent picks, maybe they can draft somebody who can help them now because that's what they need. They don't want, for the most part, a 19-year-old project again, just like James Wiseman, because they proved, or they didn't prove at least, that they could develop someone and make the most of Steph's prime years. Hey, maybe they pick up, I don't know, Davion Mitchell out of Baylor or Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga with the Minnesota pick and then with their own pick. Hey, maybe they could take a flyer on somebody who is a project. Maybe if Zaire Williams, who had a really down year at Stanford, maybe they could take a flyer on him and develop him because as a wing, he wouldn't have to come in and produce just yet. He'd be behind all the other wings. He'd be behind Wiggins, Clay, Poole. I mean, if you get Kispert, if you bring over Justinian Jessup, you know, so they wouldn't need him just yet. You'd have Juan Toscano Anderson still out there. And still, this doesn't reflect poorly at all on the trade for Andrew Wiggins, you know, getting rid of D'Lo and that terrible fit with this Warriors team getting off of his contract and getting somebody who actually fits and is functional and wants to be a part and is buying in to the Warriors schemes. That's way more important. And, you know, if the pick isn't top five, you still get like a mid lottery pick. That's still solid. Who knows? They could also maybe package all that for a veteran. You won't get a star per se, unless you throw in some sweeteners like James Wiseman or future picks or whatever. But you can definitely try to parlay that into a solid rotation piece. This is where Bob Meyer's skill in the draft will need to shine through. In the past, he's had very, very late picks, and he's hit on a few, missed on a bunch, and then he had James Wiseman, and I still think he hit on that. I mean, you take Wiseman at two, that's fine. But now he's going to be mid-lottery where there are no sure things. If you'd been top five, then that's another kind of gimme, right? You just take whomever is left of the top five. But now if you end up in the six, seven, eight, nine, ten range, you, you know, that's kind of a crapshoot. So you really, really have to do your homework and, and hit on that. So that puts more pressure on Bob Myers in general. 
but we'll see. He's good at making trades. You know, I think he's pretty decent at that. Maybe he should have gotten more picks for taking on Wiggins' contract from Minnesota, but who knows? Anyway, this Warriors season is coming to an end, and I am looking forward to the play-in round. It gives us something to look forward to, and I'm still, I'm still waiting on the unveiling of Jordan Bell. Come on, give it to us. It might not be until the weekend. I don't think it's going to happen in the Suns game, but we'll see. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Oakland Warriors or at Patrick Capino, E-P-I-N-O. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.